Today's episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Podgo is providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co. That is one more time, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O, podgo dot co. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Podcast. Hello and welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I am your host, JP John Potts, and with me today is a former two-time NWA Southeastern Tag Team Champion and NWA Mid-America Tag Team Champion, and of course, he was once, once half of the Heavenly Bodies. He is Mr. Pat Rose. Pat, welcome to the two-man power trip. Hey, thank you, JP, man. Great to be here. Thanks for calling us. No problem. So what's going on? What's What have you been up to? Man, i tell you what, been doing radio, been running my son up and down the road. He's a country music singer, got his first single out this year, and for 16 years old, just turned 16, he's doing a great job. I'm very proud of him. What's his name? we got to check him out. His name is Camden Smith. His song, his new song is I Don't Want to Miss You. And it's on all your uh, music platforms, iTunes, uh, Apple Music, Google Music, the whole deal. Uh, and if you want to follow him, uh, check him out at, at Camden Smith Music. He'd be glad to have you guys. Now, what about you and your radio show? We are just rocking and rolling on our 14th year. We got uh, 30 stations across the country. Uh, got a podcast that you can uh, check out at anchor.fm forward slash set the hook with Pat Rose. We talked to all the uh, guys from BASS, that's Bassmaster Elite Series, uh, Major League Fishing, FLW, uh, the whole deal. And we 
we love what we're doing fishing wise and every now and then being it's my show and i own it i have some wrestlers on like jerry lawler uh arn anderson uh shoot randy rose bobby eaton bill dundee all the guys that 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 i kind of grew up with you know that's awesome that's pretty cool a little wrestling a little fishing yeah that's it buddy i even had uh, i don't know if you've heard of this band or not depending on how old you are black oak arkansas you ever heard of no all right, Jim Dandy. I had him on the show. That was my first concert uh, at the Chattanooga Memorial Auditorium when I was, I think I was 14 years old or something like that, man. And and he's a buddy of mine now, and that's just, that's really special for me. How did you kind of, speaking of like wrestling stuff and, and getting into it, how did you get into the business? Because obviously, you know, you had quite a run. Well, you know what, man? I started loving pro wrestling when I was about 12 years old. Grew up with it. Uh, Nick Goulas and Harry Thornton wrestling here in Chattanooga. And they would run the Memorial Auditorium every Saturday night. They'd have a TV show at TV 12. And funny thing about it is, TV 12, We've about five years now, we've been going into TV 12 and doing segments on the you know the local shows this and that and uh primetime news and talking about fishing and and it's just so cool that at 19 years old i was standing at the door at the studio same studio just the innards of the studio has changed but the same door i was about to wrestle ken lucas nervous wreck and uh man i'm going there today but how wrestling i i talked to a guy named ken hawk now who ken hawk is he was the manager of the original samoans teo and tapu i don't know if you remember them or not they were the manchurians i think and or no they were the they were the headhunters or something like that. They were the headhunters or something like that at Continental. And I think that's probably the the last place they were. And uh, got to train with him, train with him for about two weeks. Uh, him and a couple guys, Bill Lewis and, or Mike Lewis and Bill, Bill somebody. It's been a while, man. And uh, two weeks, I was on TV getting ready to wrestle Ken Lucas. So, you know, I I love professional wrestling. I'm NWA. You know, worked a couple times for WWEF, whatever it is, you know, back in the day. But mostly mostly NWA territory stuff. What was your first territory? Would it be Georgia or did you start off in Chattanooga? It was actually Chattanooga, and they ran, uh, let's see, Chattanooga, Nashville, Huntsville, and then spot shows. Uh, Oh, yeah, Bowling Green, Kentucky, where I got to tag with uh, Andre the Giant. That was cool. 
And, uh, yeah, that was my first one at 19 years old, running up and down the road with Bobby Eaton, Tojo. Who all was there? Let's see, Tojo, Duke Myers, Gypsy Joe, uh, Jackie Fargo would come in. Uh, Man, it was fun. I had a blast. Learned a lot, especially from Bobby Eaton. He's great. He was pretty young then, too. I mean, he must have been a you know wrestling savant. Well, you know what? I was 19, so he had to be 21, you know. And when he first started, you know, I seen him and Orville Hutto. They were the Brown Bombers, and uh, they were my size. And I'm thinking, well, heck, I can do this, you know. When you first get in and you start doing, I know you said you were a fan and stuff. Was it harder than you thought, or like is it about what you thought as far as you know taking the bumps and traveling the roads? If you work hard, you've got to work hard. You've got to have a good worth work ethic. Uh, love the road. Love taking the bumps. Um, you got to work hard. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. With you and kind of going through the territories, so you're in Chattanooga, then you go to Georgia, or like, how does that happen? How do they move you from territory to territory, and where do you go next? Well, you know what? Uh, Nick Goulas, about 1980, Nick was shutting down the Chattanooga territory, and uh, he sent me and Bobby Eaton to uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling. And we started working there. Bobby got, you know, Bobby's Bobby. He got the push. He's Bobby's great. I mean, there's no denying that. And one thing I did, they were liking me and about to ready to give me a push. And I had just got a win over Dale Vesey. I don't know if you remember him or not, but he was good-looking guy, muscles, the whole deal. We were all in shape back then. Heck, we were young. We were kids. And I just got a win over him on national TV, and I was walking back through the control room, and I seen Ric Flair and Ole Anderson sitting over there, which they were the bookers, and they called me over. They said, Pat, come here. And I said, yes, sir. And uh, they said, hey, man, uh, what are you doing right now? You want to work full time? And I said, no, because at the time, geez, I was, I was working the Omni. I was working, you know, spot shows around Georgia. I was working Atlanta TV, uh, working outlaw stuff. So I was, and plus I had a regular job. So, you know, back in early 1980, I was making twelve, fifteen hundred dollars $1,500 a week. And I was set, man. I mean, you know, and I just said no, because I just had my first child, Erica, and I really didn't want to leave home right then, you know. And I wish, you know, you have those what if moments. What if I would have said yes, you know, what would have happened, you know, so. With you kind of not deciding to go there so basically you kind of work the territories right so you work georgia for a while and then mid-south yeah i went to uh 
Fort Georgia, got uh, got booked over in Mid South, Bill Watts territory. Love that place. A lot of miles, but man, made some decent money. Uh, you know, uh, my first weekend, and I know everybody talks about well, territory days. I was making fifty dollars a night. No, uh, you wasn't in the right place. So, working with Watts, my first weekend. I worked four days and made $3,500 payday. Now, Ricky and Robert and them, that's when they were first starting, you know, the rock and roll midnight thing. Uh, So everything was hot and selling out. And making, you know, making that kind of payday, it was just like, geez, what the heck? And I took my money, got my check cash, took my money, laid it on my bed at my hotel room and just looked at it, man, because I ain't never made money like that before, you know. And got there, worked there. I guess I was there maybe a year. And then Dundee was going back to Memphis to take the book. And he took me and Tom Pritchard uh, with him and put us together as a heavenly bodies and put Sherry Martell with us. Now, let me tell you this story on the way up. I think we worked, I think we worked Alexandria to refuge Paris Coliseum the last night of, of the mid South run and riding back to Memphis Seems like it was on a yeah it was it was on a Friday night so maybe it would have been a little closer to Memphis but it was me Dundee and Jamie Dundee in the back okay so we'd stop and bought I don't know a couple eight packs of Miller ponies and we were asking you know with hey Jamie give us a beer okay okay and then you know I like had two beers Bill probably had two beers and we asked him for another beer and they were gone Jamie drank all of them. So that was funny. And I think Jamie was around 12 years old then. I was going to say, how old was he? Jeez. Yeah, he was about 12. But, uh, yeah, he drank all of our beer. Bill still tells that story. That's funny. But we got through with Mid-South, got into uh, Memphis, and done our first TV, and they decided to put Sherry Martell with us. She was there working with the girls, and they decided to put Sherry with us as our manager. And, man, we had some good matches. Pritchard's great. He is a great partner. Uh, we both, both worked hard. Um, man, I had I had a lot of fun with Pritchard done some tv stuff and at that time i wasn't too good at talking and he helped me a lot with interviews you know just you know just say what you feel pat you know and uh he helped me a lot with interviews and then he got hurt Uh, seems like he broke his leg or something and they took Sherry off TV, took Tom off TV, of course. He's he's hurt and did a little angle with me like Tom run off with my girl, you know. And we were an idol. Me and Sherry was supposed to have been dating or something like that. You know, it, it was it was fun. 
That's quite a pairing. How come they decided to put you guys together? What was the thought process behind making you guys basically the new heavenly well, bodies? They uh, they made that decision in Louisiana. Dundee made that decision in Louisiana because Pritchard and I were both at Mid South, and he just put us together, and the rest is history, as you'd say. What's the thought process on the Heavenly Bodies gimmick? Uh, not really. I don't know. Uh, you know, Don and Al Green was Heavenly Body. I guess yep. they were the original Heavenly Bodies in Memphis territory. And then I guess they put that on us, you know. I love to mention that to Dr. Tom, that he was, you know, the original Heavenly Bodies, but he always says no to uh, Don and Al Green were. Yeah, Don and Al Green. Yeah. Yeah. And then, let's see what happened here. We were in Memphis. I go back to Pensacola, go back to Louisiana for a little while, then Arn Anderson, but this is about 84, Arn calls me and says, Pat, put in your notice, get down here to Pensacola. And I put in my notice and moved back to Pensacola and uh, started uh, working the southeastern territory. And they brought me in at first under a hood with Mr. Wrestling 2. And and they called us Mr. Wrestling 1 and 2. And which everybody knows, you know, the original Mr. Wrestling number 1 is Tim Woods. So... You know, I make sure I say that in all the interviews I do because I was a big fan of Mr. Wrestling 1 and 2, the originals. And I love wrestling, too. And they put us together, and when Tonga Kid was about to uh, go to WWF, uh, we heard him on TV, and then here was the the matches with the Rat Patrol, Scott Armstrong, Steve Armstrong and Johnny Rich, man, and we tore the house down with them. And then they decided Wrestling 2 was going to New York, and they decided to put me and Randy Rose together, Pat and Randy Rose, the Rose cousins. So they unmasked me on TV with Randy with me, and then we done an interview off that, and boom, that was the Rose Cousins. They were born. And that, me and Randy was a heck of a team. Now, Randy Rose, as far as I'm concerned, is tag team wrestling, man. He's tagged with everybody. Uh, Dennis Condry, the original Midnight Express, Dennis Condry, Randy Rose, and Norvell Austin. And, you know, he don't get a lot of credit for that, but that's where it comes from. And uh, he's in the uh, Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame out in Wichita Falls, proud of him. I got to call him and and tell him he was going into the Hall of Fame. I called him. I said, Randy, where you at, man? He says, I'm riding down the road. I said, pull over. So he pulled over. I said, man, you're going into the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. And he was happy, man. We It was cool. Johnny Mantell let me tell him, so... That was cool, but we had some good matches, bud. We were a good team together. Now, you're telling me that you guys weren't really cousins either. 
No, man. I'm uh, I'm Indian and dark, and he's just no white freckle boy. So no, we're, <laughs> we we wasn't cousins, but heck, we're brothers now. I love him to death. We talk all the time. I'm always curious, like the thought process behind like putting guys together, saying they're cousins or family or stuff. It's just funny sometimes in the wrestling business how they do that. Oh, sure, man. Sure. And you can tell, what the heck, they're not cousins. Maybe it's for heat, you know? Maybe it's for heat. What did you think about, though, teaming with Randy and doing that angle? You're just like, okay, we're cousins. Let's just do it. Yeah, let's do it, man. Uh, I was easy to get along with. Whatever they wanted, that was my job, and I had to do it. Um you know, as long as they paid me, let, let's let's do whatever you need for the company. What you know, the old saying, cliche, what's best for business. So, yeah, whatever they needed. And Arn is there telling you to you know come down to Pensacola. Everyone loves that territory. You know, obviously the beaches, the women, uh, the partying, the payoffs are good, right? I mean, that's a good territory to be at. Oh, yeah, man. We, uh, golly, the longest trip was uh, Birmingham at 250 miles, and that was on Monday night, every Monday night. And then Tuesday, uh, you laid on the beach. All, well, you went and got a workout, laid on the beach, came home, took you a nap, uh, got back up and traveled 50 miles to Mobile. And then Wednesday was Montgomery, and then Friday was a spot show heading toward Dothan where they done TV in the morning and then done the house show at the Houston County Farm Center uh, at night. And then you would come back from Dothan to and you'd have Pensacola Sunday night. Wednesday was off. Thursday was Mobile, or Montgomery. Wednesday was off, yeah. So, not bad at all as far as travel. I mean, the exact opposite of no, mid south. Yeah, not at all, brother. So, you know, you've had some pretty good tag partners as far as uh, southeastern. There, we're talking about Randy Rose, the Rose Cousins, Mister Wrestling. What was Mister Wrestling two like? Obviously, great, great worker. But what did <laughs> What did you think about him? I loved him. I loved it. Matter of fact, you know, I was telling you my son plays music, and we were at a show at the brew house in Rome, Georgia. Now it's called Peaches. And I got a call from Robert, and that's his son, Robert Walker. And two got on the phone, and I had Camden there, and he seen Camden. He just started, he couldn't really talk, and, and, Golly, I started crying. Camden started crying. But two weeks after that, man, he passed away. So I, you know, got that phone call. I, I think he knew, you know what I mean, that mm-hmm. it was getting close. Yep. So, but wrestling, too, was great. You know, riding riding up and down the road with him, I rode with him a lot because we were a team. We, we had the hoods and the whole deal. But I guarantee you, 50 miles, 30 miles, whatever, outside of the town, he would say, all right, put the hoods on. 
and he wouldn't, he said, don't look sideways. Don't, you know, don't look at nobody. Let's just drive. And we drive 30 miles before we get to the, to the uh, arena and have our hoods on, man. And it was, he kayfabe the hoods big time. And I did too. I mean, that's how he did it. That's how I was going to do it. Well, that's respecting the business and keeping that uh, oh, kayfabe alive. That's right. That's right, man. And, you know, it's funny. You know, I wrestled at, at Dade County. We, Northwest Georgia High School is Dade County, Georgia. It's now back to Dade County High School. But I wrestled on the wrestling team there. And on my little gym bag, I would have a picture of Mr. Wrestling, too. And I loved it. I love wrestling too, and to have and to have the opportunity and the privilege to tag with him was just amazing. Because I was a wrestling too fan uh, when I met him in Atlanta Georgia Championship. It was like you know, geez, how are you, sir? And which it was always sir to him. I mean, he's wrestling too, and he come before me, and that's just respect for the for the guys that paved the way you know for the for the younger guys i don't know if that's still the way it is or not i'm I'm not around the business a lot anymore but uh camden's got that same mentality you know the way he runs his music you know if, if there's somebody there you need a cup of coffee you need this you need that he'll do anything for for the guys that come before him, and that's he better. I'll be whooping that ass, but he he knows to do that. With Mister Wrestling, too, I mean, definite guy can keep keep kayfabe. Definitely, you know, a legend. There's no doubt about it. But is he a mentor? Like, as far as is he helping you train, or is is he giving you advice, or is it one of those things where eh, like he's just your partner, and and you kind of just go from there? No, he taught me a lot, man. He, you know, like I said, I couldn't, I couldn't really talk. And these guys I were around would give it to me, would give me the mic and let me say a few words. It might not have been a lot, but it made sense. And it was part of what was going on at the time. And they taught me a lot as far as talking and psychology and, you know, my work was on time. I was in my prime. I could outwork anybody. But as far as talking, you know, they taught me. Randy Rose and two and Arn and, and my Lord Arn's the master, you know. Where does that relationship with Arn kind of stem from? You mentioned, you know, you mentioned Buddy Arn. Is that well, going back uh, all the way from Georgia or where's that relationship start? Well, we used to, I used to uh, work a town called Albertville, Alabama, and a guy named Mickey Henry ran it, and I think he's still running it today, but Arn and Tony Zane and all them used to come up and, and wrestle, and that was when they were first, you know, first training, they'd put me with Arn about every week, so we, we developed a friendship there, and we when I was in Pensacola, you know, when he called me, we'd on Christmas we'd come home and I'd drop him off at his granny's and 
I'd head on up to Chattanooga and and we just you know hit it off and had a good time and uh you know Arn's a good dude man As a matter of fact Arn and I were the southeastern tag team champions if you'll go back in the title history you'll see where Arn and I won the belts as well kind of love it what a uh legendary tag team great tag team just interesting like you and him are uh, buddies for uh, 40 years oh yeah man yeah he's uh i love his podcast you know he tells a story and i'm gonna get a rebuttal right here nice but he tells a story to where i had i had a car that i had bought brand new from a car dealership here in chattanooga all right, I was having I was in Louisiana when I bought this car, so I was having trouble with this car, and they didn't want to, you know, do nothing. I had bought a lemon, is what I'd done, and they didn't want to do nothing. So I told them, I said, "Well, I ain't paying for it. If you can't fix what's wrong with it, I, I ain't gonna pay you." And I went on my way, and Arn had tried to learn how to to ski with wrestling too uh in the bay there Rand, randy lived on the beach so we'd go out in the boat on sundays and and cook out and and just have a ball but arm pulled a groin muscle and he had a cane and some some shoes some like house shoes that he wore <coughs> that were real comfortable so one night sunday night we're at uh, we're at the Pensacola Auditorium and Arn rode with me and there was something in the car that, that Arn sent somebody back out to get or something like that and my car was gone they come repoed it now Arn tells the story my payments were $99 a month you couldn't buy a dirt car for $99 a month so you're looking at about 200 bucks a month so uh, you know, they come got my car, lost his shoes, lost his cane, so he's kind of hot at me about that. But other than that, man, we're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, though. You're fresh on his mind. He's still remembering these great stories from all the way back oh, then. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. You're a fan of the podcast, you said. You listen to the Orange Show, I guess. Oh, yeah. You know what? Uh, Conrad Thompson's doing a hell of a job. Um, Lord, he's got Arn, he's got, uh, who, uh, Jeff Jarrett. Yep. Jeff is good. Jeff's, uh, podcast is really good. It gives you a different look, a, a sort of like a promoter look of wrestling. You know what I mean? Yep. Definitely. Yeah. He's got his promoter hat on for a lot of the episodes. No doubt about That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So where did you go after, obviously you went to Southeastern, then you went to um, Memphis. Where did you go after that? Did you end up in Florida? Yeah, I, I got married to a girl down here in Florida and uh, went back. Let's see, did I go back to Louisiana? I might have went back to Louisiana. And... Uh, Seems like Dundee went back. 
Yeah, I think I went back to Louisiana for a little while. What do you think about, I know we're talking about how many miles there is, but what do you think about Watts, though? Did you like Bill, or, or is he one of those guys that you maybe rubbed you the wrong way? No, man, he was a good dude. He was always good to me. I worked hard, man, cause so, so he couldn't deny me. But, you know, <clears throat> I liked him. Uh, uh, always nice to me. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. If you're late for a show, he's going to find you $50, you know, through, through Grizzly. And uh, I've been fined so many times, I, I don't even know, your Lord help. Not that we were late, just being fine because Grizzly would mess with you. But he'd give you money back in a, in a you know, a good payoff or something like that, man. So uh, the, the fine thing was mostly a rib. I love it. Uh, a little little messing with the boys. Uh, you guys get away with it. What do you oh, think about yeah, What do you think about Grizz? I mean, they just had that documentary on him, and obviously did not paint him in, in a great light. What do you think about Grizz? You know what? I didn't watch it, uh, or I hadn't seen it yet. Man, uh, no comment, man. Grizz was good to me. Uh, I hate it. Um, I, I really don't know what to say, man. As far as wrestling, some of those guys in Mid South, I know some of them may like DiBiase and stuff. They they, they make a, their name bigger someplace else, but so many good wrestlers came through that Mid South territory. It's crazy. Oh my lord, Junkyard Dog! When I first went in, he was the man. He was like freaking Elvis. Everybody loved Junkyard Dog. Everybody wanted to be around him the whole deal. <clears throat> and he would he would kayfabe. He would go into his hotel room and wouldn't come out, you know. And that's how you do it. That's what I'm teaching Camden. I said, Camden, if you're at a show and you're running around with all the all the people that pay to see you. Why would they want to pay to see you? They can see you right here. Stay in the dressing room. And that's exactly what Dog did. That's exactly what what Camden does today. It's funny how music it is so close to wrestling. It's all about entertainment. Uh, and I hate saying that word on, on wrestling, but you know, it's all about it's all about uh putting on a good show, man. With kind of going through Mid-South, you think about JYD, obviously, Sid DiBiase, Terry Taylor, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, the Fantastics. I mean, whew, what a roster. Man, what a, what a crew. Rock and roll midnight. Uh, you know, funny story on Steve Williams. Uh, we were sitting outside at the uh, Shreveport Auditorium where uh, – what was that? The Louisiana Hayride used to be, you know, with Hank Williams and all them and Elvis and all that. And we were sitting there talking and he, he was saying, man, Pat, I don't know if I should quit the business or blah, blah, blah. I said, Steve, it's not your time, man. It's coming. It's coming. Calm down. And he listened and, and man, what a guy. Steve Williams was good people. 
I love Steve Williams to death. He was a good person. Man, just the level of talent at that territory is is nuts. It's just crazy. Oh, but, we did. Hey, we didn't talk about Buddy Landell, man. Oh, Woodrow. yeah, Woodrow. Yes, yes, another good one. Oh yeah. man, what uh, you know, Buddy and I got tight. I knew Donna, knew his wife, the whole deal. We traveled together with Butch Reed and uh, just had a blast. One night we were coming back from Shreveport to Alexandria and run out of gas or something. And I'm sitting in the back, and Bush said, Pat, get on the road and uh, wave somebody down. And it was dark, man. Out in Louisiana, it's dark. I said, man, I ain't doing that. I'll get run over Butch, man, he gets out, and the next cart comes by. He ain't moving. He's waving them down. Stopped them. They went and got gas, and we went on our way, man. That was some scary stuff. Butch, <laughs> Butch and Buddy are nuts. They were they were funny guys. Man, how could you forget those guys? What uh, awesome level of uh, talent there. But where else, kind of, like, I know you went to Central States oh. for a little bit, right? Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah, we, uh, geez, what year was that? Uh, that had to be, man, I hadn't had to think about this in so long. I wonder if that was after Puerto Rico, because I went to Puerto Rico, and again, seems like Crockett was trying to open up kansas city and up there was the mod squad jd costello uh bulldog bob brown what a funny guy and uh geez jay uh, jp uh jp uh jay something peterson remember him dj peterson dj peterson that's it and, gee, we had a good crew. Sam Houston, Baby Doll was up there. Dundee was booking. And uh, <clears throat> we had a good crowd. I don't remember the year, but we'd do Des Moines, Iowa, and uh, Kansas City, and Wichita. And, man, we were on TV all out through there and just had a good time. Didn't make a lot of money at that point, but. You know, me and the Mod Squad and Pee Wee Anderson all stayed together. So, you know, we made it and we had a good time. But it, it was a lot of fun. So you moved next to um, MACW, right? You go to Charlotte next, right? The uh, Mid-Atlantic Territory. You know what? I had the opportunity to wrestle there. But something happened. I was on the way to TV or something happened, and I got started late and didn't make it. And never really got to work the Charlotte territory. I wish I had. Uh, geez, a lot of good guys up there, man. Roddy Piper, Flair, uh, uh, Jay Youngblood. Me and Jay Youngblood, we, we got tight. I, I like Jay Youngblood. He was a good person. Uh, and, and you know what? Wahoo McDaniel liked me. I don't know if it was the Indian look or whatever, but he liked me. And Wahoo was a legitimate badass, if you know what I mean. Uh, 
What a guy. Super guy. Now, in between all that, if I'm not mistaken, around 86, I went to Puerto Rico. Ron Starr was booking. I went to Puerto Rico as the White Knight wore a hood and wrestled with uh, Super Medico number one, wrestled against him. We had some outstanding matches. Uh, wrestled the mask guys, Invader 1, Invader 3, uh, Jose Castillo or something. But they put the... I don't know what it would be called, the World Junior Belt on me. It wasn't NWA, so it had to be WCCW, right? Right. And they put that belt on me at the anniversary show. And the anniversary show, I don't know if you ever ever heard about it, but golly, this was the night they brought in the giant Bubba. Uh, Abdullah, uh, Andre, uh, Jose Gonzalez, you know, Invader, uh, and Invader 3, Johnny, Johnny Rodriguez, I think. But I was working with Super Medico number one, which is Jose Estrada. And I still talk to Jose now, man. I love Jose to death. But we still talk and send, you know, greetings every uh, every Christmas, Thanksgiving, Father's Day, the whole deal, man. Love Jose to death. But stayed there for about a year with Ron Starr. Bless his heart, he's passed away now. And about that time, I think I went back to Memphis with Bob Holly. And after that, I started getting out. I, I knew it was time. I was about 30-something years old, and, and it was about time to get out. Hurt my neck in, in Biloxi, Mississippi at the Coast Coliseum wrestling Mark Reagan and uh, never done anything for it. As a matter of fact, it's hurting now and never done anything for it. And finally, I just... You know, it's time to get a niche. And a lot of guys don't know how to do that, man, when they, you know, getting them big checks and traveling and this and that. They try to hang on as long as they can. And if you can't make no money, there ain't no sense in hanging on. But if you're the Rock and Roll Express, you're going to wrestle forever, you know. Right. And I love those guys. But got a niche. uh Mohawk Carpet did 20 years there supervising and and stuff like that. It just came natural to lead people and and uh, had a good career there and uh, went to another carpet mill, carpet industry in Bridgeport, Alabama. Worked there five years and now I'm at uh, Colonial Chemical, a uh, place that I wish I'd have found 20 years ago. Uh, Colonial Chemical Company, which we make everything from soap at car washes to soap in your in your bathtub, you know. So, with you know, as you're kind of going along and kind of 
headed towards the end of your career. You mentioned Bob Holly. You mentioned kind of going on the roads. What was it like with him at that point? He's very new to the business, but uh, I think a lot of people remember Bob Holly for being a little bit, you know, obviously the nickname Hardcore Holly, but a little bit of a tough guy. Yeah, man. And when I first met him, he was running around with a guy named Marcel Pringle, which uh, Rip Tyler and him ran a uh, Japanese-run company World Organization Wrestling in Pensacola. <clears throat> and I worked for those guys. Jerry Stubbs was there. Uh, Don Fargo. Uh, you know, we got to be the Fargos, me and Ken Timms, and then me and Marcel. And Marcel brought Bob over and said, hey, Pat, I want you to train this guy. And, you know, when you're training somebody, you try to be a little stiff. You know, the headlock's a little tighter and stuff like that. And I worked with Bob about five minutes. I said, man, this cat's ready, man. What, what are you doing? And he was ready to go. So that's where you first come up with Bob Holly. And then we went to Memphis, and some people seen him, Cornette. I took him up to Cornette's, and they liked him, Smoky Mountain. And he worked there for a little while. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, Percy or Paul Bear got him into WWE. It seems like he done 15 years with WWE as hardcore Holly, you know. But uh, good guy, good wrestler, uh, good body, the whole deal. And the race car deal was a shoot. He loved race cars. With him and obviously Smoky Mountain, you wrestled Smoky Mountain too, right? You did a few shots for them. Yeah, I did. Did TVs for them, and uh, yeah, or it was Smoky Mountain. I enjoyed it. A lot of fun. What do you think about Jimmy Cornette? Love Jim Cornette. He's my boy. I'm a Cornette guy. Got my shirt hanging in the closet. What are you talking about? <laughs> Thanks. Hey, as am I. Big, uh, big Cornette guy. <laughs> He's funny, man. He's smart. He's smart. He knows what he knows the wrestling business. Excuse <coughs> me. Now I want to go back to that white knight gimmick because you do kind of I think you do it again in USWA if I remember correctly, but I believe that gimmick, like you said, was Puerto Rico used it a few times. What is that gimmick kind of supposed to be like? What is the the white knight? Is that supposed to be a, like a KKK thing? Like what is the white knight? <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. They put the hood on me and said, hey, you're the White Knight. I said, okay, let's do it. Uh, you know, no swords, no, you know, funky robes or anything like that. Just wrestle. You're the White Knight. So, you know, not really a meaning to it, I don't think. But, uh, you know, identical to, uh, Jose Estrada, Super, Super Medico, and, and, you know, evidently that was the idea to have us work together, you know, Super Medico versus the White Knight. And that's on YouTube, man. If you go pull up White Knight and Super Medico, what a match. It was a good match. You also mentioned the WWF before. How did you get in there? I know, obviously, it's more like the enhancement role, wrestling the Rockers, Bushwhacker, stuff like that. Yeah. How'd you, how'd you get in there? I was on my way out, 
and you know you've heard of Mike Jackson, right? Action Jackson, yep. Action Jackson, eighty-nine years old and still wrestling. Well, I don't think he's that old. I love him to death too. But he got me in. We done some TVs around the Horn, did Huntsville, Nashville, uh, Chattanooga. Done it a few times. And like I said, I was on my way out, so why not make a little money and have a good time and get got to travel with Hawk. He rode with me from Huntsville to, to Nashville. And and the road warriors were good to me, man. I, I gotta say this. They were good to me. When they first came to Atlanta, you know, Ole would put them with me because I could take care of myself and I could bump and make them look good. You know, and I just enjoyed those guys. They were good to me. As a matter of fact, Hawk used to bring me boxes of Zubas. And he would say, sell them, Pat. I said, okay, buddy. And I would sell them $5 a pop, bring him half the money, and he was happy. So, always a good good people to me. And I just hate they've passed away, man. What legends. Absolutely, yes. The greatest tag team of all time. To me, anyway, there's no debate. Uh, definitely, definitely those guys. Yeah, I got you. With you, you would eventually end up in NWA, a.k.a. WCW, too. Like, how did you kind of get in there? Is that maybe through Arn, or how are you getting to do some WCW shots no, as well? No, just calling, just calling Jody Hamilton. Um Jody and I were buds. I, you know, I wrestled on a couple cards with him, and we got to know each other. And and Nick Patrick, his son, you know, he liked me, so they would use me at WCW, work some house shows, work some TVs, and uh, yeah, just have a good time there as well. Plus, make some money, man. What do you think about working Vader? A little, little stiff. Uh, no, he wasn't. He wasn't with me. I don't know if he had heard about me or knew about me. Not that I was a shooter or anything, but just, you know, I, I, he was good to me. He uh, he was good. It wasn't stiff, no face punches. Oh, God, if it hit me in the face, I'd probably cry. <laughs> what about Mean Mark? What about The Undertaker at a very young age, right? You worked him. Yeah, uh me and Bob Cook, me and Rick Ryder worked with him. Uh, he was he was good. As a matter of fact, you know the WWF deal. Uh, I worked with him on on there and uh, sold the uh, sold the match good. When they introduced me, I just raised my hand and like Jesus took a big gulp and here we go, you know. But Lord, he's the Undertaker, man. Did he remember you from WCW? Nah, probably not. Probably not. Man, you worked a lot of good guys there. Steiner Brothers, uh, Kevin Sullivan, obviously Double A, Cactus Jack. Had a lot of matches in WCW. Oh, yeah, man. Cactus Jack. uh, Seen him, I'd say, a couple years ago. There's a guy here in town, or in Ringo, his name's Paul Lee that runs what they call Wrestle Jam. And uh, uh, Cactus Jack or Mick was at, at the show and got to sit down and talk with him. Camden got to meet him. And 
and the whole deal. So, real good guy. The Nature Boy, Paul Lee. The Nature Boy, Paul Lee. He's quite a character. There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah, man. With the guys who worked in WCW, Brian Pillman, a, a very, very young to this time, uh, Owen Hart, too, which is interesting. Loved Owen, man. Uh, around Owen, you're like family, if that makes sense. And he didn't know me from Adam, but we, you know, we were talking uh, before the match and, and really didn't talk about the match, just talked about everything but. And Owen's super nice guy. So what they say about him, you know, God rest his soul, man. Ha- having to die like that, that that was sad. But what a person. What a good dude. When you worked WCW for that period of time, because it's really like 1990 to really 94, you're kind of on and off with them working a lot. Is that literally just through Jody Hamilton, like, hey, you know, I'm available, or is she contacting you? Say, hey, we need you for Georgia, or hey, we need you for uh, Tennessee or Alabama or something. No, he he would book me. He would call me and say, hey, here, yeah, exactly. We need you here. We need you there. And 94 was my last match. Wrestled a guy on uh, on my friend's card in, in Riceville, Tennessee. Jeez, uh, I don't remember his name. <clears throat> but he wrestled in Japan a lot. We had a good match, and and that was it. I was done at 94. Why retirement? Uh, hurt neck, uh, the body kind of breaking down. When you do it once or twice a week, it hurts. Uh, hitting them ropes hurt. Taking them bumps hurt. So when it started hurting and, and you didn't work every day, I couldn't. I, I it, it was time to go. Any regrets as far as the wrestling business? Uh, yeah, man. I would have said yes, and I would have been like Cornette, probably frame my first dollar I ever made, and I would be sitting on a shit pile of money right now. <laughs> <laughs> When you kind of, like, look back at your career and just think of some, like, favorite matches or favorite opponents, who were who some of the guys that kind of stick out? Because you wrestled Sting, obviously, which is which is a big name. Obviously, everybody recognized. Still wrestling oh, today. Lord. I mean, you've wrestled King Kong Bundy going back, Dusty Rhodes. You've wrestled everybody. Yeah, you know what? I wanted to wrestle Sting. It had been years, and I never got to wrestle him all of a sudden. All right, Pat Rose, you and Sting. And... I was so excited. He was excited. I locked up with him and poked him right in the freaking eyeball. I didn't mean to. And I said, man, I am so sorry. And, you know, we still had a good match, but I, you can tell. I don't know if that's on YouTube or not, but you can tell when we locked up, I poked him in the eye because he was selling the eye. You know what I mean? Yep. And it, it was an accident, but... It, Lord, I couldn't believe that. Oof, it stinks. Uh, you know to have that happen. He, he wanted to wrestle you. You wanted you know, to wrestle him. It's a big, big probably, match. Probably, 
probably a couple of the matches that really stand out for me is no doubt wrestling too and who you know the rap patrol and randy rose winning the southeastern tag belts which i got the one that i used to wear up here on my uh, fireplace mantle and uh but being the main event in nashville tennessee with jackie fargo against tojo yamamoto and duke myers that was one that was Oh, my God, it was off the hook. I just followed Jackie. I knew what I was supposed to do, sell and give Jackie the hot tag, and that's what I did. And another one was me and Andre the Giant against Tojo and Duke Myers at Beach Bend Park in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And what an honor to just got tag with him. Um Man, what a guy. What a guy. As we hit the wind down and we head towards the finish, I also wanted to mention, just because, you know, obviously the, the legendariness of it, but what did you think about the Von Erichs? I know you worked uh, WCCW a little bit and, and obviously for Fritz and the Von Erichs, but what did you think of the Von Erich boys down there in Dallas, Texas? Uh, you know, I wasn't close to neither of them. Uh, Kevin, Kerry, Chris, however many of them they were, the kind is a whole herd of them. Never really close to them. Uh, just went in, done my job, and and you know, I was gone. Pretty uh, damn tragic, just everything that happened to them, and uh, I know oh, that that whole story is, is extremely sad, crazy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Totally agree. As far as kind of you and, and just your favorite territory, because I know you worked everywhere. I mean, geez, what was your favorite territory to work? Uh, Southeastern has to be hands down. Hands down. You're on the beach every day. You're laying out. You're tan. You got a heck of a body from staying in the gym. Uh towns are close you're making decent money uh wednesday you're off out cooking steak and and whatever and geez it, it have to be southeastern and then probably the chattanooga territory when i first started anything like as far as chattanooga that just sticks out or is that just one of those things where it's your first territory kind of the first love Ah, it's my hometown, man. And, you know, something that really sticks out, I told Camden this story probably about 500 times. You know, my first match, 19 years old, I bet I called everybody. Hey, man, I'm going to be on TV. But I was standing at the door getting ready to go out, and my first match was with Ken Lucas. And I said, Ken, uh you going to take care of him? He says, yeah, don't worry about it, kid. We'll be all right. And we did a top wrist lock, and I would pull his hair and get him down. He'd fight up like he was muscle man. I'd pull his hair again, man. I had so much heat after that match. It was crazy. I love it. That, that really stands out at TV 12. 
And just another guy I wanted to mention, because you wrestled him a bunch in WCW, the franchise, Shane Douglas. You, you kind of were married to him for a little bit. You know what? Uh, I don't know if it was me or him, but we I didn't feel like we clicked. He was great. He was a good wrestler. Uh, but I, I don't know what it was. We just didn't click. Wrestles him a decent amount. It's, it's just interesting. Like sometimes oh, yeah. they marry you to somebody and you wrestle them a bunch. Yeah, yeah. But as far as you and kind of just looking back at, at the wrestling career, what do you think is the the legacy of Pat Rose? Like, what's the stamp? How how are the fans going to remember you? I hope the boys remember me as a as a uh, a guy that would that could get along with anybody. I never really had any enemies. Um, you know, made you look good, the whole deal. As far as the fans, just knowing that I loved professional wrestling and that I was NWA and that I had respect for Terry Funk for Ric Flair, for Dory Funk. Got to travel with him a little bit in in, uh, in Puerto Rico. You know, all the guys that were the NWA uh, champions, Harley Race. And I got to know these guys, you know, and I still call Terry now, and I need to call him now, hearing all the stuff, but I'm sure people's blowing up his phone, so... You know, Terry Funk, I got a picture, an autograph picture of him on my wall. I got a drawing of wrestling, too. It's like a museum in here, man, my home. And Camden's got about 20 guitars all over the place. Not that many, but you know what I mean. And uh, just like the fans to remember that I worked hard trying trying to wrestle for them. As far as kind of your show, Set the Hook, and everything else. Where can everybody find you? Well, we're on, if you want to uh, get the uh, the podcast version, it is is it is at anchor.fm forward slash Set the Hook with Pat Rose. Uh, we put it on uh, every week. It downloads on Saturday. And if you want to listen to it, listen to it there. Uh, geez, in, uh, in Utah, it's KYAH, 1690 FM, or AM, uh, 97.5 FM. And then here in Chattanooga, it's on Nooga Radio, 92.7 FM. And that covers all of Chattanooga and surrounding areas. Awesome. Good stuff. Anything else you got, like, uh, Anything else you wanted to promote, uh, all your social medias and stuff like that? Uh, well, we're on Facebook, uh, Seth Uncle Pat Rose, uh, on Instagram, at PatRose01. Uh, just look us up, just Google us, and there we are. Got a lot of stuff that you can actually Google and pull up Seth the Hook with Pat Rose. But don't forget my boy, uh, at Camden Smith Music, at Camden Smith Music. New single, I Don't Want to Miss You. And he was excited when that thing come out, man. We both were. We cried like babies. 
That is awesome. Uh, good stuff with uh, you and your son. Definitely going to have to look out uh, for his music and uh, pretty cool. And you're still, uh, you know, out there in the in the public, if you will, you know, do, doing the thing with the podcast and set the hook and, and the radio show. So great stuff. And thank you, Mr. Rose, for all the time tonight. Really appreciate it. Man, thank you so much for calling, and I appreciate you, and keep doing what you're doing, brother. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron, and also check out the website tmptempire.com. And buy a shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother.